Welcome to Friends and Fables, an interview series on our podcast where we chat with friends new and old about TTRPG and everything in between. I'm your host, Tanner Azanero, and today I am joined by a fantastic creator, having cultivated the incredible, queer-friendly, femme-based D&D Discord community, Dungeons and Darlings. Welcome to the show, Rory of D and Darlings. Hello. Hello. It's nice to be here. We are very, very happy to have you here. Um, to be here. I came across uh, uh, your community from. I think it was like one of your, honestly, one of your first posts on TikTok that um, oh. uh, uh, did pretty well and made the rounds. And I remember um, uh, reposting it um, uh, when I first saw it, and uh, we're super happy to have seen like kind of just tangentially seen the growth and everything um, yeah. uh, of, you know, your reach and, and clearly the impact that your community has made on the online space and everything. Um, I guess to start us off, uh, what's your history with Dungeons and Dragons and what was kind of the journey that brought you to the creation of the Dungeons and Darlings server? Yeah. Okay. So, I first started playing Dungeons and Dragons actually not that long ago, only a few years, um, right around like the tail end of like the lockdown in 2020. My friends it, were super eager to get together and see each other again. And we had never played as a group before, but we all like knew about D&D and we had two um two friends that had both DM'd and were like, you'll love it. Just just mm -hmm. join. So we got together and we actually didn't start with 5e we actually started with um like it was 5e based but it was lord of the rings kind of inspired because yeah cool as you can see there's a lot of lord of the rings things back there we mm -hmm. were big we're big fans um and then uh we quickly realized that we wanted a little bit more creative freedom so we switched over to 5e and we've been playing ever since i've had the same group for a few years now it's changed a little bit here and there but so only only a couple of years of playing and kind of through that playing i realized that i didn't know in person at least any women that played and i was like i would really love to make some connections so i started kind of posting on tiktok actually on my personal page and mm -hmm. i was i just started out with general like memes and things I found funny. And I had one, one day somebody commented and said, wouldn't it be so nice if we had a place where we could all get together and chat? And I was like, that's a great idea. What if I made one? And she was like, yeah, absolutely. You should do that. And I wish that I still had this person. I knew who they were to thank them, but mm -hmm. they were the inspiration. So the next day I did some, I asked um, my husband, Devin, I was like, you have a Discord server. How do I do this? And he's like, oh, it's easy. No biggie. And I was like, I'll probably only get 50 people that join. Mm -hmm. So I made my little server and I posted a video about it. And uh, within like the first day, I think I ended up having a thousand people join. Wow. And I was like, this is, this is bigger than I expected. And then um, that had been running for, I think we, started the Dungeons and Darlings specific TikTok about a year or so after our first year, I think. Um, and I was nervous about that one because it was no longer me attached to it. It wasn't just me making funny little skits. Uh, now it was essentially this 
almost business that I had <laughs> created to make a TikTok specifically dedicated towards that was a little scary, but, and that ended up going pretty well. And actually, thanks to the new TikTok, we have now, I think the last time I checked, we had 7,000 members on our server, mm-hmm. which is pretty incredible. And I feel very honored that that many people wanted to join and that that many people find it to be um, a safe space. So um, yeah, that's kind of how it all got started. But uh, the biggest reason I wanted to do it was just to find connections and to make connections and to create a space where other people could feel like they could do the same, even if they didn't have that opportunity in person. So, yeah, I think, too, you know, uh, it's it's unique um, and it caught my eye. I think with that first video, honestly, I, th- I, I feel like it was that first video that you made that really like got, you know, that first wave of people that really established it. Um, or maybe it was after even the Dungeons and Darlings like branding uh, mm-hmm. that you came up with for it. Um, but I remember uh, seeing it and feeling like it was very unique and, you know, all the uh, uh, branding and things that you, you came up with for it um really like established very well like that it was you know not just that that it was very well put together and and a community that actually you know um had the potential to be invested in and everything by people and clearly something that was you know maybe not missing you know maybe there were other spaces similar in the community but something like really um with the structure needed to Mm -hmm. um uh, uh, give that kind of corner of the space to people that was missing. Um, it really stood out. Um, and I'm really glad that, you know, a bunch of people obviously now at this point have seen, um, uh, your space and are able to Mm -hmm. join. And, um, I feel like every time you post, I'm seeing like some comment, on one of your videos where people are like, how do I join this? And and very, very cool. Um, just to see how accessible, um, you've made it, uh, was, was there, so did it really, was the, the origin was really just from like, you know, that one comment and you kind of taking it to like, I guess I'll do it then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I, I've never really been one to start things like that, but then I, I don't know. It, it was just like the right moment, I guess, um, Mm -hmm. where they said that. And I was just like, I have, I have a PC. I have the capabilities of setting this up. I have all of the tools that I need. I might as well just try. Yeah. And it worked out. And I can't honestly take credit for it all. I have a really amazing team that I get to work with on the server. And they actually do um, some of the posting on our socials as well. And they are incredible. And they have taught me more than I could have ever learned on my own. But um, it's it's really all thanks to them. And the one person who was like, yeah, let's get this started. <laughs> Yeah. 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 That's fantastic. Are there any like specific like members of your team that you want to like, I don't know if people want to be named or not. Um, I know you're kind of like the figurehead of, you know, the operation and everything. Yeah. Um, well, so I have pretty, I mean, I feel like I have a decently large staff just due to the nature of the server. We have so many things going on in there, Mm -hmm. but I think my admin team is probably the team I want to like thank the most because they, like I obviously I deal with the big issues, the the fires that need to be put out, anything like that, or um, just like general stuff, like the direction of the server. Um, but they do a really great job of 
making sure that we are not just um, doing what we want to do, but we are actually contributing to what the community wants as well. And I've said for a really long time that I'm willing to watch the server change and to grow into whatever it needs to be. And if um, it expands in a different direction than I originally intended, that's okay because we're a community first. And so they just do a really amazing job of making sure that I'm not just thinking about um, what I want to do, but what the community as a whole does. And I have currently I have three admins and they're all great. Um, we mainly just go by our our usernames on on um, on Discord. But my admins are we have Dove, we have Meg, we have Julie. I have four actually. And then we just have a new had a new admin and her name is Helgish. So I love working with them all. They are fantastic people. And I have many more moderators and many moderators. And it's, yeah, it's an ex extensive list, but a big, huge thank you specifically to those people. They are absolutely incredible. So I love them a lot. Is is that kind of a new role for you? Like that, like, like CEO ish position that you've kind of taken up in, in this land that you've created? I, I have never, not in any job that I've ever done or, or anything like that ever been like the head of anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially like, essentially, like if a big decision gets made, they come to me and they ask like, you know, should we do this? And that is, it's very strange. <laughs> it is new. Um, and it was really difficult at first, but I am enjoying it more as time goes on. <laughs> so. That's great. Are you, so are you, maybe I missed this when you talked about it earlier. Are you like the usual DM for your group or is DMing a thing that you also haven't touched that much? I am not a DM, actually. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so I, funny. I um have DM'd actually my group. I really I'm really, really spoiled with my group. Um yeah. we have a cycle of DMs. So somebody might DM a campaign for a year. Um, and then in there we'll have like mini campaigns that we do that somebody else will DM. Or for a while we had what we called Dragons on the Off Week, which oh, was cool. Every other week, we would do somebody else that would DM a different story. Um, and I have DM'd a few one-shots. And I, I really mm -hmm. like to do strange and goofy things for my one-shots that have, like, callbacks to the real world. Um, but I don't regularly DM. And I, they just asked me not a week ago. They're like, hey, do you want to DM, Rory? And I was like, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not long term, uh, at least. <laughs> that's so funny because I feel like the position that you hold for your uh, community is so just, uh, you know, in line with the DM brain. Well, um, yes, and most and actually quite a few of my staff members are regular DMs. Like mm -hmm. that is that's what they regularly do. And then I'm out here and I'm like, I really like rogues. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. No, because I because I am the I feel like stereotypical DM who's like the planner guy and and you know the person uh, always organizing events and stuff and taking too many notes and that sort of thing. So that's very funny. I was convinced that you were like a DM. I was like, there's no way. There's no way she isn't. Oh um, yeah. I mean, and honestly, I have the personality type for it because mm -hmm. I am a huge. 
I'm a perfectionist and a control freak. Yep. I actually, I host yeah. our D and D sessions when we meet in person, like they're over here. I make sure that everybody, you know, mm-hmm. they are in position. They're ready to go. They have their snacks. I cook. I sometimes will cook meals for them, but honestly, your sport, you get to play and you still do all that. That's fantastic. God, in a perfect world. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I'm really, really spoiled when it comes to my D&D group. We also, get this, we have met on the same night at the same time every week for three years now. Wow, that's crazy. That yeah. is that is an impressive feat. That is an with, impressive feat. I, with a few, you know, days off, like we... Mm-hmm. we have vacation people get sick right you know but yeah it has never changed it's always been monday nights at seven o'clock everybody's over yeah wow that wow well congrats that's uh <laughs> that's the dnd lotto winner right there i know um, i know yeah i, feel, I always t- I feel sorry go it. ahead no i feel i i that's my like one bragging right i feel like is like not only do I play D and D, but we meet weekly. So <laughs> we we know how to schedule things. Yes, <laughs> um, <laughs> the greatest superpower within this hobby. Yeah, we, <laughs> I, we always um. I always talk about how lucky we are with the show. Um, because uh, we're mostly an actual play series. We it, the show I think has added like an amount of like good pressure for us to like, you know, stay on top of our recording schedule and everything and stay ahead. So we pretty consistently play, but like our home game, man, it, it is, it is gone like up and down with, you know, the amount of times we were able to play. We used to, cause I also started playing during the pandemic, um, a couple years ago. Um, and you know, we played pretty consistently like every week and then it turned in every two weeks. And then we tried to get back to it, uh, once a month. And then finally we got interrupted again, uh, this year with a pretty busy schedule, but I always still feel like, um, especially with the show that I'm pretty lucky that I'm able to play D and D so consistently with my friends. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's fantastic. You have a great little group like that. I also realized, um, on a separate note, I probably should have opened up with this, um, Cause I know I described exactly, you know, uh, what in your bio is like the brief, um, kind of mission of dungeons and darlings, but I would love to hear mm-hmm. kind of in your words, um, you know, the things that you, uh, were hoping to accomplish and do accomplish, uh, with this community of dungeons and darlings that you've created. Yeah. So our biggest mission, I feel like, is to create a safe environment for those that are looking to escape some toxic misogyny that we tend to encounter, especially on the internet. Mm -hmm. Um, And we cater to, like, we're primarily a femme-based server. However, um, we're pretty open and welcoming. If you feel like this is the space that you need to join um, and it aligns with your identity or your values, then anybody is welcome to join in that regards. Um, And we just want to create a community where people can not just find other people to talk to about D&D, but they can maybe find a DM or a group and um, get to play, whether that be in person or online. I think most of the times when people find games through us, it's online. But mm-hmm. I think that's that's our biggest goal is to create that safe space and community where people can discuss D&D, find ways to play D&D. Um, and we have other things in there too. I think we have a um, a thread specifically dedicated to birds. <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that a Brennan Lee Mulligan inspired thread? <laughs> I don't, honestly, I'm not exactly sure how it started. 
but I'll go in every now and then and I will give my ratings of the birds that have been posted just because <laughs> I think it's funny. It's, that is, it's, no, that's amazing. Um, but I, our biggest goal is obviously to provide community and a safe space. Um, so yeah, that's how I would describe it. <laughs> um, and two, uh, you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. Um, as a creator, like not just within D and D, but also with, you know, online content and everything. Um, once you let something loose into the world, um, for other people to receive and make their own, there become kind of many moments where your audience surprises you with their takeaways from things you've created as well as their own creations and desires mm -hmm. that sprout from, you know, your original work. Personally, I would consider, you know, this community you've made a, you know, creation of yours in that aspect. And what have been some of the moments where the community has surprised you and used the platform uh, you've created in a way that you wouldn't have expected? Oh, I feel like there's several really good examples of this, but um, what they often will create communities within community, mm -hmm. which I never expected that it would be big enough to do that. Um, but that's really interesting. There's, I think they started actually, I know that they started because I'm a part of it, but um, a book club was in the, like they wanted a book club extremely mm -hmm. badly. And I, for a while I was like, well, why, why do we need a book club? I mm -hmm. love reading. Reading is one of my favorite things, but, and then I was, and then we kind of talked about it as um, like a mod group and it like, I was so surprised, but everybody wanted a book club. They they wanted to read books together that were like specifically um, mostly fantasy inspired. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting to me how through D&D, &D, there are all of these other little things that you can kind of connect into it and they get connected into our server. So we have a fantasy book club or um, what else did they? Oh, they're, um, they like to share food, like what they eat or what mm -hmm. they serve their D and D party, or um, if they, if they meet in person or recipes that they think would do well for a in-person D and D game and stuff like that, which I, that's another thing I didn't really expect. Um, they, they surprise me every day <laughs> with new ideas or um, new different small communities they want to create within the community. And I, I actually love it. It's pl a pleasant surprise every time somebody comes to me with something new. I'm like, mm -hmm. this is, this is cool. Um, oh, or they, they also have a whole, we have a whole channel specifically dedicated towards um, cosplay and costume making, oh, rad. Um, which is, which is great. So then you get to see like these artists at work, which is amazing, but that's not something I ever, anticipated when I mm -hmm. started it, uh, but it's a pleasant surprise. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I think that speaks also to the fact that you have succeeded in, in making a safe space because when people are, you know, creating, you know, inner niche interest groups within, you know, the community, I think that speaks to the fact that people feel comfortable. I think it speaks to the fact that people have made friends who they have other shared interests with and want to continue engaging with the people in your community. And I, you know, I think that's a great example of your success in, in this thing that you've created of making people want to engage even further in ways that weren't even, you know, presented in the beginning. I think that's, um, I think that's certainly something to be proud of. Um, and is a great example of, you know, just the need for, 
safety and community just in general among, you know, any groups. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be your advice for, um, DMS or even, you know, maybe in your case, just game hosts, things of that nature, um, of any background for cultivating safe spaces, either, you know, at their table or whether it be, you know, a digital table of some sort, um, uh, for femme and queer players. Are there certain like kind of green flags that you look for and maybe what is there like, a just kind of specific things that you feel like, um, more DMS and, and, uh, purveyors of games and that sort of thing should be making sure to include for that cultivation of a safe space. Yeah. I think that the best thing that anybody can do in any game is to ask questions, um, to, if you are a DM to your players or as a player to your DM, um, and, and ideally the DM will have created a, like, a welcoming enough environment that a player can ask questions. But I think the way to mm-hmm. start that is to ask questions themselves. What are you comfortable with? What are absolute no-goes for you? What are like your like yellow flags? Like if you, we mentioned this, would you be okay? Would you be uncomfortable? And I mean, um, I've even had like, even though I love my D and D party, we've had issues in, in the past where we've had to talk about that. And I, and because we had set the ground rule that questions are okay and questions are, wanted, I felt okay with discussing something that I wasn't comfortable with. So I think that just starting out any game and asking questions to your players like, hey, this game is going to include something that I'm not sure if you guys are going to be okay with. Can we discuss that? What does that look like for you? Is this something that makes you comfortable or uncomfortable? Um, And I kind of like to call it like a red light, yellow light, green light kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. And there are like, um, actually like surveys that you can you can do for that but i think that's like one of the best things or if you have a player that you know is maybe timid or you or seems to be uncomfortable maybe just going up to them one-on-one and being like hey i want to know what i can do to make this more comfortable for you what what can i do to make you enjoy your time here so that might seem like a really generalized answer but i think that asking questions is so so important all around because you won't get the answers that you seek if you never ask so yeah yeah i I, yeah and it feels it feels like too general of an answer but it is for sure investing in the people at your table and showing um that you care about their concerns and Mm -hmm. not, um, especially as a DM, you know, not getting caught up in telling the story you want to tell and putting that over, you know, the comfort of, yeah, um, absolutely. Your players at the table. Um, yeah. Kind of on the other end of things, I feel like equally important as finding green flags when looking, you know, for tables to join. Um, I think, uh, is there, um, Many are pretty obvious, but are there red flags for tables to avoid that you've noticed in your experiences that are maybe a bit more, you know, subtle, harder to catch, maybe things that like, if you had to go looking for a new table that you would be like, maybe more in the line of that yellow flag thing of, okay, that's a little bit weird. Um, uh, advice for people knowing what things to avoid, um, that are more subtle. Um, that are more subtle. I know that's kind of a tough question because it's another it's a general good question, thing. Though. It's an excellent question. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, just based off of my like personal standards, if I'm joining a group and 
right off the bat, we're engaging with um, like specifically female characters that the discussions aren't with this discussion with those female characters doesn't make them seem necessarily like intelligent or they don't provide really to the plot or even over sexualized. And that's a red flag for me. And it mm -hmm. can be as subtle as like the DMs, like using a very stereotypical voice for them at times mm -hmm. or um, like spending too much time discussing exactly how they are dressed <laughs> mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, that's for me is one or, um, or it just general like treatment of other female characters from the d other players is, is another one for me. Um, I, I have found every now and then you'll play with somebody who is not a woman playing as a woman mm -hmm. and they don't know how to do it n entirely respectfully. They're trying really, really hard to, and I appreciate that, but they will sometimes do things that are just like a little too stereotypical. I'm like, and, and just not being willing to discuss that and to take criticism of that would mm -hmm. be a little bit of a red flag for me. And it's, that's so difficult because it can be, a tough discussion to mm -hmm. have to be like, Hey, uh, your portrayal of, of this female character, I felt uncomfortable with. Can we talk about how to make it better? Um, that's really hard to talk to somebody about. Yeah. Um, but I think that a, the red flag would be if they're not willing to yeah. discuss that probably. Mm -hmm. I, I hope that makes sense. <laughs> no, a hundred percent. And I do think it, you know, it, it falls under the same thing of communication is, yes. is necessary and important, um, both on, you know, the green flag side of it and the avoiding, you know, red flag right. sides of it is just find a table of people who are going to take your feelings and concerns into consideration. Yes. And, and also being willing to take their feelings and concern into consideration as well. So mm -hmm. I think, I think it's a two way street for sure, but communication is the biggest, the biggest thing and not being able to communicate or having somebody who is difficult to communicate communicate with can make or break a game, I think. Mm -hmm. So, um, kind of a conversation, um, in a similar, in a similar sense. Um, part of the reason that we, you know, I, I try, I do these interviews and everything is because, um, I'm always trying to, you know, grow, uh, as a person, um, first, and then, you know, as a, as a game master, um, you know, as, uh, as a, um, result of that growth and everything. And we want to highlight, you know, people and creators that we think are doing special things in the community and all that. Um, and we're always trying to do our best with, um, creating safe spaces, not just for the people at our table, but also for our listeners and everything. Um, and our podcast has at this point, we've only, we've only had a cast of, you know, straight cisgendered white men, um, for our main cast. Um, not for any particular reason other than it's just our group of friends who we have consistently, you know, been able to be like, can you record this, this day? Cool. Let's just keep going while we can. Um, I feel like there's a lot of other TGRPG shows like ours also, um, and I think when a show with our current cast makeup isn't actively pursuing, you know, further knowledge and investing time and energy into creating a safe story that also has diverse characters and experiences within that story, it can be easy to 
stumble along that path of being considerate. Um, what would your advice uh, for shows like ours be, and maybe more specifically a dungeon master and host like me um, in terms of creating a story that not only feels safe for listeners, but also includes characters and storylines that makes people feel seen and represented within the show, even when no one at our, at the table is a part of that group. That's a great question. I love that question. Um, I would say when you do include any um, female NPCs or NPCs of a demographic that you're not a part of, just try if if you're as long as you're aware that it's coming, of course, because sometimes mm-hmm. you make things up on the fly. Mm-hmm. Um, try and do your research ahead of time. Maybe talk to somebody who's a part of that demographic and see if they have any advice for you. Um, or I, I mean, I also find that. Like this might be seem a little odd, but if you are specifically looking to have a really well balanced female character, whether it be one that you're trying to play or one that um, is an NPC, reading books with female characters in them that are specifically written by women do a really good job of mm. showcasing what you can make that character be like. And obviously we don't want to copy paste everything, but you can get some really great inspo there. But having discussions with people that are a part of whatever demographic you're trying to portray um, or just doing your research and um, reading some stories, reading um, from other people's life experiences, I think that would be a really great way to do that. Um, and, And just generally, like, I think also kind of, have somewhat of a boundary for yourself, like a line between what is a joke and what is a stereotype, which is really difficult. But um, um, what can you make that's funny versus what can you make that is harmful? And just kind of be aware of that. And it's it's kind of like one of those things, like maybe think over what you're going to say before you say it, Mm -hmm. which I have a habit of not doing myself and then saying things that I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said that, but that's just general good advice to, to take, to, you know, think about what you're going to say, um, and try to set some boundaries for yourself in that Mm -hmm. regards, or maybe even for your, for your players, if you do have someone who's trying to portray a different demographic. So, yeah, I usually, um, thank you for that answer. Um, usually I think the main boundary as, um, you know, having done this podcast for God, almost two years now at this point. Um, I think the boundary that I have found for sure that I, uh, um, rely on the most, I think when trying to make sure that my world feels diverse and, you know, um, uh, represents people outside of the group that I, you know, uh, represents people in groups that I am not a part of is, I typically you lean on include people who are a part of those groups, but do not try to represent cultural things, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And not in a way where then I d- don't include cultural, like inspired characters. Mm-hmm. It's more, if I'm not, I, if I'm not a part of that group, I don't feel right. Um, 
even, you know, tangentially through an NPC or anything representing a culture. Um, mm-hmm. even if I do all my research and everything that, yeah. you know, I'm just not going to do, you know, a good job. Um, different obviously than, you know, like video games and, and other platforms that are able to like visually and with actors and, and people from those groups represent those cultures. Um, right. I usually just try, you know, to be like, I have queer people and women and non-binary people and all sorts of groups in my games, but I'm never going to, you know, try to represent, um, any cultural stuff myself. Um, Mm -hmm. um, just because I'm not going to do the best job of that, even with the best of intentions. And I I think that is, yeah. That is 100% fair. I I think, um, and I honestly, I I don't necessarily feel that I have a whole lot of power to speak on it considering my own personal ethnicity. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that it is generally always best to discuss with people who are of that culture or ethnicity um, to be able to continually learn and, um, and make decisions based off of that. So I feel like you are making the right call there. (laughs) Well, thank you. We are always trying to, um, we're always trying to do better and, and grow and everything. And, um, there's certainly been characters that, um, I've represented in NPCs, not that I've ever felt like I've done like, you know, an offensive job or anything, but, um, certainly characters that I have taken and learned with and gone, okay, when I want to, you know, represent people better. Um, these are the ways that I'll do it in the future and everything, everything. And I think other DMS in that sort of position. Also, I think another big thing is to, like you said, listen to people and then adjust accordingly and look Mm -hmm. at your own values and beliefs and everything and make those adjustments for the safety and comfort of, in our case, both our players and listeners. Yeah, um, absolutely. In that regard, are there any, um, TCRPG shows systems or kind of other related creations that you feel do like a great job um representing you know queer and femme femme groups oh i so i'm not exactly sure about systems because i i feel like for so many systems it's kind of what you make of it and Mm. you can create um or create or destroy either way Mm -hmm. whatever whatever you need to do but i feel like um I, I think that there's been quite a few like D&D podcasts and um, that have that have done a really good job of doing different characters, different types of characters. I mean, the one that comes to mind, and maybe this is going to be the most obvious, I think Dimension 20 does an excellent job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really appreciate their work and their content. And I, I feel like they're very inclusive um, and it's they're fun. They're yeah. very fun to watch. And I... I haven't ever felt like personally offended or anything mm-hmm. <laughs> at any of their content. I'm sure there's somebody out there who has, but I feel like they've done a really good job for, of representation and um and may in knowing how to make a joke versus when something is Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uncouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I and I know too that the specifically Dimension 20, they have um um, uh, Brennan has made adjustments to be, um, and I think something that I also have taken into consideration, I know he's talked about making sure, um, back to the, you know, representation side of things to make sure to mention, um, you know, when a character is, you know, um, 
what race they are and everything and that it's okay, you know, for <laughs> white DMS and everything to be like, Oh, this character is, you know, black. And again, mm-hmm. to represent those people existing and, but no, without representing, you know, the cultural things that um, yes. we have no right to represent right. in that regard. Yes. Um, I think they've done a fantastic job also speaking out uh, as well about that. Um, I've always really admired dimension 20 for the um, safety and, and community that they've created. Um, with that um but uh kind of stro- uh reining us in back to uh the conversation at hand uh you've already created such a rapidly growing community that makes people feel safe in a hobby and space where they deserve to feel safe what are some of your goals with dungeons and darlings that you're wanting to accomplish in the future that's a great question too um I think I would just like to continue to see the community grow and whatever direction that that leads it to, um, I will happily navigate <laughs> or I'll, I'll steer the ship that direction, whichever way. Um, and I, I would really, I don't know. I would, I think I would just really like to see and hear more stories about what happens because of the server outside of the server that Mm -hmm. would be something that's really really cool um and i would really just love to provide more opportunities for our community members we've had a few really great ones um i've gotten the privilege of being able to host some giveaways i've been able to provide them with discount codes and things like that for different things and i would love to be able to continue to do that for them um because obviously i i can't i'm not going to use everything that um that like would get sent my way, but I would love for them to be able to have the opportunity to. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I would just really like to see the community grow and I would like to provide them with some more opportunities to get to con- continue to play D and D and TTRPGs in whatever way they see fit. Yeah. I, I also noticed that you have been able to do, you know, giveaways and things of that sort. I think that's awesome that not only in terms of providing, you know, the safe space, you're also then, on top of that, because of the numbers and everything, you're able to provide that accessibility um, for people and not even just accessibility, but also just like um, truthfully, like luxury products and things that just make people feel more in touch with the game mm-hmm. and feel like they have, you know, more special tools and everything to engage yeah. in. Yes. Once again, the cyclical uh, part of the safe community and everything that you've made. And I think that's um, fantastic that uh you really created like your own little ecosystem. Of, it's like, so strange. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, that's fantastic. No, it, it, it is. It is cool to see it. It feels like the DM thing where you make this thing, but then as soon as it's out there, it is, you know, other people's and yes. you don't know where they're going to take it. And that's the most exciting part of doing it. Yes. It reminds me of, and this has happened. I feel like this has happened to everybody at some point where the DM says the name of a character and then the players all decide that that character's name is actually something else. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is yep. kind of what it feels like. Like the, here I provided you with this thing and they're like, okay, that is so great. That's wonderful. We're going to do all of this stuff with it that mm-hmm. you never imagined. That's, yeah. that's what it feels like. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. But in a, in a good way, in a positive. Yeah. It, and, and I think that's another thing too, is it speaks to um, the foundation and everything that you've created is something that people, as much as they're, you know, using it to, to jump off into other regions of conversations and community that you never would have imagined. It's still 
stemming from a place of respect for this community and foundation that you have laid, um, which, you know, kudos to you. That's um, fantastic that uh, you've just made a special thing. And I am uh, glad that we've gotten to talk about it and kind of, you know, represent, um, you know, you as a fantastic creator in the space. And I hope that uh, billions of people join the discord server and it becomes something, uh, unmanageable completely because of how oh, successful goodness. it is. I don't know what I would do if that happened. <laughs> You're like, please don't wish that upon I'd me. Be like, oh, well, uh, <laughs> it is gone. Out looks of like I'm quitting my day job. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Hey, how good is that though? Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a wonderful conversation. We really thank appreciate you. it. Um, is there anything that you want to shout out or talk about on your way out of here? Obviously people, everyone should join the uh, uh, Dungeons and Darlings server to engage with this fantastic community. Yeah, so all, all of our socials are D and Darlings at whatever. So whether it be Instagram, TikTok, I think we have a Twitter now. Um, but I mean, huge shout out to all of my staff. They are all incredible people. They help me out so much. I would not be able to do what I do without them. Um, and also a huge shout out to all of my members, especially those who have been there for a long time. That is crazy that you've been here for I think it, this year it'll be two years. Wow. Very wild. cool. So huge shout out to all of them. And then of course, a shout out to my D and D party, my in-person D and D party. I love them dearly. They are great people and I, they have been so incredibly supportive of this journey of mine and I appreciate them so much. So. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. And thank you everybody so much for listening. And we will see you next time on Friends and Fables. Goodbye. Goodbye.